Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The synergy of dark has pervaded my life. I was speaking with my father on Sunday. We talked about family history, and he told me about my great-grandfather, who was born in 1889. I was born in 1989. Mm. He's an only child. I'm an only child. Mm. He went on a tour of Europe in 1908. I went on a tour of Europe in 2009. And that's all I needed. I was freaked out. Bootstrap. Bootstrap, baby. It's just repeating itself. Yeah, which one happened first? (laughs) The beginning is the end is the beginning. Turns out you're your grandfather's father. (laughs) (laughs) But he's still your grandfather. (laughs) That's like the trippiest shit. Like, no, 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 Don't lecture me, you fucking can opener. Mace, you better fire it up, dude. Shut your mouth. You're not God or my father or my boy. Ride your fucking Wallybird. They laugh in New York and they, they laugh in San Francisco, but they will not be laughing. show to talk about so we're going to do our best and we're going to start by going through the first two seasons as quickly as possible and eden you're the latest to the party you watched the first two seasons for the first time in the last week yes last two weeks the way that i'm going to attack this is questions so coming out of the end of season two what were 
some of your biggest questions. One of my biggest questions was, I still don't know what Noah and them were doing with the children. So you're talking about the missing children. With the eyes blacked out. Like, what is their... Like, the headband. Yeah. We've got Mads Nielsen from 1986. We've got Eric Obendorf and Yasin Frisa. Yeah. From 2019. Those are the three dead children. And then Helga, too, yeah. But Helga survives. Yeah, Helga made it. Yeah, I know that Noah's behind it. And like Helga helped. I wasn't clear on what the utility of them was. Guinea pigs. Noah is testing the chair, which is a time travel prototype. Time machine. That uses energy from the wormhole underneath the bunker. Gotcha. And it fails. It fails three times. Okay. And then it works on Helga Doppler after a few modifications. First, it's just the band over the eyes. And then at the end, it's a full enclosure. That works. We don't go back to the room ever again, right? The bunker? We're in the bunker all the time. No, the room with the wallpaper. Is that, is, is that, that the bunker? That is the bunker. That, that is the bunker, yeah. yeah. Okay. It's just wallpapered in 1986. All yes. right. I, never, I don't think I made that connection. All right. right. That makes sense then. So it had the beds. <laughs> yeah. Early. Like, creepy. Yeah. And so this is Noah working on the time travel prototype that is the chair. It's the precursor to the apparat, the apparatus. That is built by H.G. Townhouse. And then, obviously, further down the line, we get to God Particle time travel. Okay. But the chair is the necessary stepping stone to the apparatus. Gotcha. The little box thing. And these tests always had to happen in order to get there. And maybe in Season 3, we will see young Noah be dispatched by Adam to do these tests. Right. And what's interesting is what we see in season three, I think it's episode two, is Jonas. Nikola Tesla Jonas. All the way back in time, building the first prototype, (laughs) right? He's working on the God particle machine that Sigmundus has in 1921. Oh, 1921? When do we go back to the 1800s? Oh, gotcha. Oh, yeah. He's working on like the Sigmundus one. Okay. Yo, those outfits in 1988 are funny. So that's why the chair exists, and that's why the children were murdered. Okay. Is because it was a prototype being worked on by Noah. And the reason that he finally gets it to work is because he was going to use it on Jonas, young Jonas. Right. But then the portal opened, and he got switched with young Helga. And because Noah knew that mid-Helga was his helper. Right. He knew that the test would work this time. <laughs> sure. <laughs> this fucking show. He man. didn't know that the first time though, Maze. When he did it on Mads Nielsen? No. But then like why why did Yasin <laughs> why, then why do you need Yasin? No, no, I mean the first time he did Helga. Yes he did. Because he'd already been to the future. Because he'd already met mid Helga. Mid Helga. So yeah. he knew that Helga must survive. Okay. And mid Helga ended up in nineteen eighty six, so he had to send him back. To 1953. Cool, cool. All right. All right. That's acceptable. (laughs) (laughs) That's acceptable. Sure. This show (laughs) takes place in six timelines separated by 33 years. Yeah. And in season three, a parallel world. What are the six? We got 1888, 1921, 1954, 1987, 2020, and 2053. Yeah. Subtract one year from all those to do season one essentially. All right, all right. That makes sense. And we don't get 1888 until this season anyway, right? This was the first time. Cool, cool, cool. The most important characters, in my mind, from season two were Agnes Nielsen and Noah. Yeah. Who are brother and sister 
from 1921. At some point, we know that Agnes left Winden, met and married an unnamed church pastor with whom she had her son, Tronta. So one of my biggest questions is, who is this unnamed church pastor? Who is Agnes's husband? Yes. The priest. They were married for 15 years. Right. The other one is Agnes at one point mentions her grandmother who was from Winden and gushed about the town. So who is that? That's another question. Who would gush about Winden? Just a weird town. A bunch of <laughs> crazy shit happened. <laughs> that was quite beautiful. I mean, it's the center of the goddamn universe, and it rains 75% of the year. Yes, it does. So much raining. So oh, much raining. constant rain. And we do not get an answer to the first question. Right. But it has become more important, and we sort of get an answer to the second question. Yeah. Next question. Where does Bartage end up? I fucking hate Bartage. <sighs> <laughs> I kind of like parallel world Bartosh. <laughs> I don't like his hair, though. <laughs> He's got yeah, quite but, the flow. But he seems like parallel. a stand-up guy compared to our... Stand-up guy? Everyone's got longer <laughs> hair, though. Yeah, man, Magnus no, love, got yeah. the do. Magnus got bangs. tattoos now. <laughs> yeah. Black hair, tattoos. Black hair. Magnus is tatted up like Pete Davidson. Yes. Magnus kind of reminds me of young Ulrich. Mmm. Like father, like son. Yeah. Time. Yeah. Yeah. Naturally. Yeah, the whole punk thing. We should mention now that the casting directors of this show. Amazing. Deserve all the awards. Oh, my Yo, God. Yo, even Best baby ever. Agnes looks like adult Agnes. No one has ever done this so effectively. No, yeah. not even close. Yo, it's I was incredible. like, I had to look at the credits to make sure they weren't like, that they Aged were casting. Different. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I thought like old ass Ulrich was just like medium Ulrich oh. with a prosthetic nose or something. Yeah, it's not? No, it's you a different it's not? dude. No, That's it's a different, different dude guy. too? Yeah. They're all different dudes. I thought he was definitely aged up. Yo, <laughs> right? I was like, no, for oh, sure. This one is aged up. And I was like, nope. And they're all German. The talent selection pool is so much smaller. Yeah. <laughs> because they're German or because it's Germany? <laughs> <laughs> So Bartosz, the douchebag, number one douchebag in the show. Yes. One of my biggest questions, is he the adult man helping young Noah dig the tunnel in season two, episode one? And what time travel errands is he running for Noah in season two, episode four? I think we have an answer to this question. That character was in season one too, right? Like he showed him like setting up the bunker and like writing on the wall of the bunker. In like the 50s? That was Noah. So Yeah, that's Noah, right? The adult man digging the tunnel has a chest tattoo of the Emerald Tablet, and Noah has a back tattoo of the Emerald Tablet. Oh, okay, yeah. I, I recognize the same oh, tattoo. Wait, are I don't you know. talking about the one that, that Noah kills? Young Noah kills him. Okay. Uh, who is that again? I believe that that is mid-Bartage. Can we talk about that? Why does he mid-Bartage. ice pick him in the shoulder? Yeah, it's horrible. I know. Brutal. Okay. Oh, we will talk about it. We will talk about it when we finish episode two. Okay. okay. All right. Another huge question. Corey and I have been talking about this. Who is Alexander Tiedemann Boris Neewald? Yeah. He shows up out of nowhere. We still don't know. He's running from helicopters and dogs. Yeah. And Corey, I presented the theory to you that his name Neewald is a hybrid of the names Nielsen and Conwald. Oh, so that's... And is he Hannah and Ulrich's love child? He's from the parallel universe then, right? But he's in both universes, which is a sticking point. Well, yeah, we were we were talking about that before. Oh, season. so that's oh. not who Hannah is pregnant with. Okay. 
but then in uh, episode one, we saw her pregnant. So I don't know. Right. It was hmm. pretty observant with the name, though. I, I didn't catch on to that one the first time around. I think I like saw the name, but I would not have made the connection that like it could have been a hybrid of the two last names. Yeah. He's one of the more mysterious characters. He arrived seemingly knowing that it was his mission to take over the power plant. There's the whole thing with Clausen. Yeah. Was he involved with the murder of Clausen's brother, who's the real Alexander Kuehler? And then there's the letter written to Clausen with a Freud quote saying he would find answers concerning his brother in Winden. And Corey, you think this is Hannah? Yeah, I mean, I just threw that in there, but who knows? But how would Hannah find Clausen, though? Hannah has the original passport and has been blackmailing Alexander this whole time. Remind me which episode this was? The letter. The letter is revealed. close to the end. That's season two. Yeah. Okay, okay. As Clausen digs deeper into the story. Is it the quote from Freud about the fingertips will chatter? No, that's a different Freud quote that Clausen drops (laughs) in the police headquarters but he's always dropping freud quotes which is the loop yes but you know that freud quote comes back in season three but we can talk about that in the stagecoach so who is alexander tiedemann where did he come from which world did he come from which time did he come from who's he related to we still don't know know. okay next question who is the husband of claudia tiedemann or i guess just baby daddy Slash father of Regina Tiedemann. Yeah, who's the dad? Who is the wife of Daniel Conwald slash mother of Enos Conwald? Appears not to be relevant. Because <laughs> they're left yeah. off the family tree. Who is the wife of Helga Doppler slash mother of Peter Doppler? And why didn't Peter Doppler come back to Winden until 1987? Also appears to be irrelevant. Yeah. Who is the biological father of Helga Doppler? Because his mother, Greta, confesses to Noah it might not be Bern Doppler's child. Says it wasn't created out of love. Was she raped? Does this matter? Not sure. Not sure. Okay. She's a tough woman. Yeah, she is. <laughs> Helga's mother. Do not like Greta Doppler. Not she at has all. A, bitch face. She has a crush on Noah, though. Oh, for sure. She, she like totally to makes a pass down. at him. Yeah. 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 What is up with the hives and bugs in 2053? I wrote that question over a year ago. I'm not even, that just doesn't even seem to be relevant. <laughs> Why is Sick Mundus headquarters in 1921? This is kind of a logistical thing. <laughs> Wouldn't it be a pain to get everything back in that time period? Is it because they had to build the time portal? The answer to that is yes. Thanks to Tesla Jonas. Now we know. Yeah. Season three shed some light on that one. Also, Sick Mundus, even older than 1888. Well, I mean, is it though? Because it doesn't have to be chronologically before for it to happen before. Someone had to go back and build it. And it appears that the people that build it, oh, I don't even know if we can deal with them yet, Eden. <laughs> you're talking, yeah, you're, about, the you're talking about the yeah, the cave. The lair. The yeah. lair in there. We still have no sense of the timing on that. No. Nope. Zero. So those were my biggest questions when I finished season two over a year ago. After rewatching the first two seasons... Not too much was filled in on those, but I feel like those are the only real lingering questions other than what the fuck is happening, which is just an enduring question that I don't even know if we can answer. (laughs) We're going to try. We're going to do our best. We're going to pull up our bootstraps and and do the work here. We're going to dig that tunnel. Let's do it. Let's go. I have some ideas. Is there anything else from the first two seasons that you feel like we need to address, Jake? It's really remarkable to rewatch this show and realize just how well they build tension 
you know, and, and get things amped up. And I was so love that scene where Jonas has to get gasoline for the God particle. And so he puts up the speaker in the building and draws them out and then siphons the gas out of their massive truck while uh, Suspicious Minds is blasting out through a busted speaker. I mean, that is a beautiful scene, you know? And then he gets caught. It's just incredible. So where I left off episode three, season three, was him stepping into the God particle. And very cool because what leads him there are the tapes by Cloudy. And what's Mm -hmm. fun about season three so far is post-apocalypse, we get to see Claudia making that recording. So speaking of Claudia, I have a lingering question. I don't understand the two sides. Which two sides? The two sides that are fighting. Mm. (laughs) Oh, yes. No, fundamentally, this is the biggest mystery of the show. Why is there an agenda? What are they fighting fighting for? Because they also don't seem, they also seem to be kind of on the same agenda sometimes. Like, Claudia is against, quote, Adam, you know, whatever. But I'm not sure what either of their objectives are. And then it seems like there are chances for... Claudia to, for example, season two, episode six, when Adam sends Jonas back to cause his father's suicide, Claudia shows up. She just states, oh, yeah, this is exactly what he wanted. But like, I mean, why didn't you explain it in a way? I mean, I know she can't change anything, obviously, because everything happens the way it's supposed to. But I just can't really like I don't really know what their objective is other than the fact that they're against each other. Well, Maze, you said that quote. uh, I think it's like. Episode one or two. Episode one. My father said good, good and evil are a matter of perspective. perspective. Jonas says as he's walking through the woods before Mikkel disappears. Yeah. yeah. And obviously even Jonas is like fighting himself. Literally. I always want to put shows in a box of like finding an antagonist and a protagonist and like trying to kind of sort things out mentally that way. But I mean, Impossible. this show kind of breaks that almost. My read on the whole antagonist protagonist situation is that one is both right Right. and that there has to be this yin and yang effect to keep the whole thing perpetually moving forward or at least in a circle and there has to be a good there has to be an evil and each person falls on both sides of that spectrum at one point or another to perpetuate the thing. So it's just about balance. The good and evil could be, like they all could be working towards the same thing while thinking that they're working against each other. And they are. Because one is, it's like... The evil could be time or the evil could be... It's like the beginning is the end. The end is the beginning. It's necessary for all of these people to be in conflict. One to be trying to destroy because trying to destroy it activates it. Simultaneously activating it destroys it. Exactly. (laughs) Okay, so we got whatever that means. One one team is the beginning is the beginning and the other team is the end is the beginning. Everybody contradicts themselves (laughs) all the time. Yeah. Let's remind everybody that the show is called Dark. Okay. <laughs> Just marinate in that for a second. There are two sides primarily through the first two seasons. We've got old Claudia and mid Jonas. Yeah. And then we've got Adam and his puppet Noah. Noah. In season one, episode 10, 
Noah says that light and shadow fight to control time, that old Claudia controlling mid-Jonas are the shadow, and that sick Mundus is the light. But then, in season two, episode six, old Claudia comes in to young Jonas, who's with his father, yeah, and says that Adam is darkness and that she is the light. Yeah. He doesn't want to fix things. He wants to destroy them forever. Right. So big surprise. Both teams played hard. Okay. They think they're doing the right thing. Yeah, that is how it always is. They're locked in this eternal dance. And I think the show is fantastic because it keeps you guessing. And honestly, they're both bad and they both do bad shit all the time. And it's not really clear who you're rooting for. (laughs) Who do we want to succeed here? Yeah, I mean, can there be a satisfying ending with a story like this? Can there even be an ending? No, because it's the beginning. Can there be an outcome to all of this (laughs) that makes (laughs) better better way to word it? Yeah. I've been thinking my my working theory now is that much like the house on Haunted Hill. Haunting of Hill House. The Haunting of Hill House, thanks. (laughs) It's okay. Everybody gets that title wrong all the time because they use too many H's. There we go. This is like about processing trauma. I think the whole show is a, a metaphor for how we process trauma. Because remember, it opens with Mikkel killing himself and right. Jonas dealing with the aftermath of that and also having come back from a psychiatric facility. On and on throughout these stories, it's like we're kind of encountering these characters who all experience some traumatic event in their lives. Okay, um, so on that, what is Noah's traumatic event? I don't think we know yet. What's his incentive? There's two. There's his own death, which he talks about quite eloquently. There we go. To his young self in the finale. He says, I've reflected on this moment for many years. My older me wanted to tell me something, but he couldn't. Mm. If you knew what I now know, then you would no longer do what you must so I can get to this moment. Me, as I stand here now, cannot exist if you don't take the same path I did. We're not free in what we do because we're not free in what we desire. And then the other thing is Charlotte being taken away from him, which we have yet to see. Okay. Right. So he knows he's going to die. That's his traumatic event is losing Charlotte. He knows he's going to die because – fuck, I I thought I had that locked. But, yeah, he he does know he's going to die at that point. And he walks in there anyways. You know, I thought I had that locked as like the quintessential. Thought I had that locked. Like <laughs> the show, like I'm like, oh, I got this. No, no, I don't. No, nope. I don't. No, I don't. Oops. Well, you solve one thing and then like three other things. It's pop like, up. wait, I had it for like a second. And then it's like, nah, I just reasoned myself out of it again. Going back to your thoughts about trauma, Jake, in season two, episode six, mm-hmm. Katharina really channels Rorschach. This city is sick. Mm-hmm. Winden is like a festering wound, and we're all part of it. Right, right, right. Because it's so incestuous. Super. Everybody's known everybody since the beginning. Yeah. And then as we go into the past, we learn about fake rape charges, you know, <laughs> disappearing children that traumatize the whole town. And in a bit of corporate incompetence, Jake, the records aren't so good. <laughs> No, they're terrible. You might think that you'd be able to put together missing children every 33 years. You might think that after the first time it happened again, you'd make a little cork board in your bunker. (laughs) 
<laughs> this again? You put the red string between the two. But even in 2020, they haven't figured it out. They would have had this down on Mindhunter. <laughs> <laughs> Ulrich in episode one says, this is Winden. Nothing ever happens here. Except disappearing children every 33 years, man! <laughs> and reappearing. Forget the reappearing children. talk about season three let's get into it season three episode one deja vu like in the matrix Corey means it's a glitch in the matrix one of my favorite references how do we feel about this this is so amazing to me that a film we're seeing just how influential it's been on this whole genre now right oh, yeah to the point yeah, where yeah, it's yeah. being mentioned by name what do you, how do you feel about that? We like that line? It's weird to me. Whenever anyone says deja vu in like regular life for me, yes, I yes. always think of the Matrix. So sure. it's ingrained for me. I know Inception didn't take it over. <laughs> yeah. Hell no. <laughs> this show has very seldom with its pop culture references. And the other one is the DeLorean. Mm-hmm. Back to the Future. Oh, yeah, they do reference Back to the Future. The time travel rules are very different than Back to the Future, but it's undeniable its impact on the culture. Yeah. And so I love it, Jake. I mean, I'm like, Corey, yeah. the Matrix really hit us at a very formative time. It is everything. I love the Matrix. Don't get me wrong. I know. I know you do, it too. It seems so recent. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was in the right timeline. At least it wasn't anachronistic, right, when he brings it up. <laughs> Like if he brought it up in '86, that would have been weird. Yeah, <laughs> there is no spoon. Well, there again, there again, Maze. All the Freud quotes. And what did Freud do? He helped people process trauma. His whole psycho psychology was based on trauma. Yeah, that's a good point. And Nietzsche. Speaking of Nietzsche, though, Magnus in this new universe is like total like nihilist guy. Oh yeah, yeah. Running, yeah. running with scissors. Eat the, eat the rich. Well, like you said. He's Ulrich, which yeah, is ironic little, uh, because anti, in, anti in this world, in this alternate timeline, he's hates his father, right? He loved his father in the original yeah. timeline. Mm. Now he despises his father, but he is his father. Man, that's wild how that shit comes full circle. Episode one starts with a quote from Arthur Schopenhauer. Man can do what he wills, but he cannot will what he wills. Yes. Then we have voiceover from an unknown female voice. I'm not sure. It's probably old Martha. Yeah, I think it's old Martha. Ava. If we knew how things would end, where our journey would take us, would we still make the same decisions or would we choose a different path? Could we even escape our fate or would what is deep within us lead us to the same end like an invisible hand? Does it matter which path we choose if we end up facing ourselves again and again? Dabs. Yeah. Tram right? line. This you only like... have the tram lines that you yeah. were already on. Never has a show been more dependent on its translator. The subtitles of Dark are very crucial because we read them over and over again. Yeah. You're right about that. An unknown man with a scar on his lip enters an abandoned sick mundus lair strewn with papers. He's greeted by a child and an old man with matching scars on their lip and they burn it down. It's three versions of the same guy. And I believe that that is a cleft palate. Yeah. He takes the blueprints of the apparatus and they walk out. And these dudes 
You don't know who the fuck they are. No idea. Apparently, they're from the original world. Our world. Our world. Okay. Quote, unquote, our. Okay. It's our world and the parallel world. Okay. They're from ours. And they look like they go quite a ways back. Well, that's the beauty of seeing all three of them together at the same time. Yeah. Who the fuck knows, dog? They could be from the future. You got kind of an Amish vibe. (laughs) (laughs) The clothes they were wearing, yeah. A little bit, a little bit. These guys are the new big bads, and I'm in love with them. Oh, yeah. There's a lot to like. I mean, they, they, every time the they, they enter the hands. picture. Yeah. Oh, come on. So I good. Love that. Synchronized so good. hand, hand so close. Good. Yeah. I love that. Great. <laughs> that that was beautiful. They definitely make it feel like they're, they're from the past of some sort, like 1888 or 1921. or. Right? Days. I mean, at least yeah. the kid version. It's like they're not but, acting like millennials. Because the middle guy feels like he's from the 20s. Yeah. Yeah, it reminds me of like young young Noah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's seen some shit in his day. Yes, young Noah wielding the axe. Before you brought these guys up, you you were talking about uh, subtitles and translations. Do you guys watch it with dubbed and with hell no, no dubs, no dubbing. German. I don't do that. German. So the dubs and the subtitles don't match up. They're, They're like they're translated by two different people. I think dub stuff, I, I just don't believe, I think it's dubstep? generally done very horribly. Horrible. Yeah, that too. There isn't also. any dubstep in this show, Eden. <laughs> I Not just, yet. All of my experience with, with English dubs, they run it through Google Translate. Yeah. And they don't give any con- like context for what it means in that language. I started watching it dubbed way back in the day. Yeah. I think I probably got through four episodes dubbing it. Can't do dub. I can't, can't either, yeah. And I had to switch the subtitles. And that requires a more intense level of focus, and this show requires that anyways. Yeah, yeah. So (laughs) it's fine. I'm all in. You got to be sitting to watch this show. Yeah, no double spinning either. Yeah, sitting up. Yeah, there's no, there's no lying down. Yeah, there's no double. (laughs) Yeah, there's no playing on your phone either. No answering text. Fuck no, no, you can't. (laughs) There's no multi screening. No, (laughs) no fan dueling your lineup. Nope. So if I'm the only one watching it dubbed, they do actually a pretty good job, the dub actors or the, whoever do, does the voiceovers. But it's just different. There's, I would say, like, I don't know, 20% oh, dude, of it, the, 10% so of it. you're not even hearing the actual up. actors' voices. Well, I when I rewatched it, oh, I did. Oh, you got to stop this. Yeah, when I'm sorry, Corey. It, I did it without the dub. Good. Okay. All right. I'm glad we're on but the same page. Honestly, I like it better with just because it gives me a different perspective than just the subtitles. Sometimes the dubs are a lot better at explaining what they're trying to say, I guess. But you're missing out on Ikpinoa! Yeah. <laughs> it's true. East. Maybe I'll watch episode three without dubs. We'll see. All right. I love the language, and I love when it matches up. And the emotion, because so many people are so pissed off and shouting all the time. You got to get yeah, the yeah. German. A lot of yelling. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. One of the biggest things I noticed with the translation is that they always refer to the time machine as an apparat, yeah. which is apparatus. But in the subtitles, they say device. Yeah. yeah. I like apparatus better, I think. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like read. That's how Kafka would write it. <laughs> so we're back to not Martha and young Jonas. At the end of season two, she's got the steampunk orb time machine slash interdimensional machine, and she takes him to the caves. You and I, your world and my world, form a knot that is inextricably intertwined. And just like that, she leaves him there, promising to make it right. So now, 
It's November 4th, 2019, the same day that Mickle disappeared in season one, the same day as the first episode of the first season, except we're in a parallel universe. Cue the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Deep inside of a parallel universe is getting version of Jonas's house in his bed. Mickle is there. She tells him maybe this is a dream and his dream was a reality. Magnus and Francisca are still fucking. I feel like every time we leave these two for a few episodes, we come back, they're fucking. They get it in. Francisca's low-key hot, though. They're both hot. What are we talking about? Magnus is not hot. Magnus what? is not hot. Whoa! No, no. I'm sorry. He is not good looking. You said she's low-key hot? Yeah. What? <laughs> Well, because she's presented as, like, not hot in the first season. Right. Like, she's presented as, like, a dork or something. Like, they, the funny. way they talk about her. She's just weird, that's all. Magnus is not hot, yo. I, oh, my God. All right, okay. <laughs> uh, he's not hot, but he's super tatted up. He's ripped and tatted up, yeah. She bails out the window without saying a word. More on that later. Katharina and Ulrich are divorced in this timeline. Ulrich brings Hannah breakfast in bed while she's still sleeping. He lies about a long line at the bakery. Bad old move. Fucking scumbag Ulrich. He must be having an affair. He still won't say I love you. You're beautiful, Eden. He can't change. What a dick, man. I cannot stand Ulrich. Hannah is all caps pregnant. Oh, Lord. She's like eight months and like three weeks pregnant. Is that my guy Boris (laughs) Neewald? Not sure yet. Martha has Jonas's signature yellow raincoat. I love that detail. Me too. too. Big fan. Eric Obendorf is still missing. I hate Bartage's new flow, but apparently I'm alone in that thought. Yo, I like it. (laughs) Martha's new boyfriend is Killian Obendorf, apparently. Yo, we got to get this Killian guy out of here. I'm I'm over him. This is a new character, right? We've never met him before, but he's apparently Eric Obendorf's brother, who probably existed in our world as well. What makes you say that he's he exists in our world as well? Was he in the play with her? Just assuming, because not that much is different. Yeah. In this timeline, in this world, he is Eric Obendorf's brother. No, to answer your other question, he's not in the play. In our world, she does that play all by herself. Helga Doppler has no eye this time. He's also living at home with Peter and Charlotte. But he's still repeating, it will happen again. Ulrich is the chief of police. And Corey, one of our favorite characters, Wooler. And Wooler. Wooler is such an enigma. Wooler is by far my favorite character. It, it's all going to tie into Wooler somehow, I guess. Yeah, it. he's definitely like <laughs> big part in this somehow. Wooler's <laughs> missing the arm. But he's got both eyes this time, Jake. Both eyes and one arm. And I was reminded he's the brother of Benny of the tramp. Benny. Yes. Yeah. And he was on the verge of telling Clausen oh, so close. What happened to his eye when they nearly ran over Claudia and completely forgot what they were talking about. 
So TBD on that reveal. They something, needed some more time about to last like, summer. I think he started last, saying sorry. it was last summer and then screech. Hannah finds a hair on Ulrich's hoodie, just like Katharina did. Bartage is describing a black hole to his class. Jonas shows up, slowly realizes he doesn't exist in this world. And then he's staring at Martha, the back of Martha's head, like Michael Sarah and super bad. <laughs> she looks back at him. He looks off to the side, looks aloof. Then he approaches her after class. She doesn't recognize him, but leaves a yellow copy of Ariadne, the play they're doing. Alexander is still the director of the nuclear power plant. His family is the same. Everybody's got like slightly different hair and facial hair in this world, yeah, which is fun. It's kind of cool. I like it. Everyone has bangs. <laughs> Hannah tries to sniff out if Ulrich is fucking Katarina. It goes poorly. Then Hannah walks by Jonas, who calls her mama, but she doesn't know him. Ulrich pulls Charlotte into a closet. They're having the affair. Wooler interrupts. Pretty awkward. Killian and Martha are rehearsing Ariadne. Jonas approaches her again. She tells him to fuck off. There is no Michael Conwald in this world. And there's that great shot where you see that the stage is dressed like a beautiful version of our time-traveling cave. Oh, I never noticed that. It was a good yes. shot. Go back to it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Magnus goes to the bunker where he meets Francisca. They start fucking. Big surprise. Francisca uses sign language. Yes. She's deaf now. Elizabeth comes home and she can speak. So they switch that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I liked how they did that. She finds Helga. The beginning is the end and the end is the beginning. Tick tock. Just like the Watchmen. Tick tock. Regina Tiedemann died September 2nd. So she's not in this world. Peter Doppler is the priest now. Weird. The only Conwald in the cemetery is Daniel, the old police chief. Jonas is finally figuring out that he's in a parallel world where he doesn't exist. And Mikkel never went back through the cave. Then there's this weird warp transition. And this is the transition they will use to signify that we are going between worlds. Mm-hmm. So that's how we know that the three cleft palette guys from the cold open are in our world right and on september 21st 1987 they go to burn doppler's house they find him in his wheelchair and the house is normal because we're in that world the young version asks for the master key to the nuclear power plant and then the middle version enters says nothing is in vain and strangles burnt while he's doing this he says an everlasting miracle of the one jake did you notice that the o in the one is a zero and not an O. I did not. Didn't either. Yeah. I also did not notice up. Too deep in the subtitles. That's me. <laughs> too deep Too deep in the dub mean, for me. You mean in the subtitles that was a zero? Are we sure it wasn't a typo? I'm sure. Because <laughs> seems like these dudes are working for a rival organization to Sigma. Yes. Yes, that's for sure. Known as The One. What if, oh. what if you're German and you're watching the show in German without subtitles? It's a great question, Corey. But I don't think this <laughs> show is made for the German market. I think it's made for the Americans. That's interesting. But in the German market, that couldn't be conveyed. Just saying what I saw. I don't know what to make out of it. You're right, though. Yeah. No, no. It's oh, interesting. Oh, by the way, yeah. that's another, another way we can tell that those guys are from, like, way back in the days because like the garage he uses is like some yes like super mm. old it's not even yeah. like a cool one like it's it has like <laughs> weird wooden handles like it's not even like a retractable that's no, that's no mob device yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. he's definitely not into efficient killing that's not what they used in the irishman yeah. <laughs> 
This guy relies mostly on intimidation, rolling around with two versions of himself. So, yeah, totally. I don't think he needs sophisticated (laughs) murder equipment. Also, all right, I guess Bern Doppler had something to share that they needed wiped off the board. He hasn't really been much of a factor. Yeah. But he is the original director of the power plant, and he did show Claudia the nuclear waste. He was the head of the power plant when the incident happened, right? When they got the cesium. CS-137. There's another warp transition back to Alexander visiting Jürgen Obendorf at his trailer. You know you what you've got to do. That's move nuclear waste. This happened in the first episode. Martha heads to the normal meeting spot under the bridge, expecting Killian, but Jonah shows up and tries to explain the multiverse to her. Eden, is that like when I tried to explain <laughs> bootstrap principle to you before yes, you didn't even totally. watch the show? And it's just like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? <laughs> it's deja vu or a glitch in the matrix. Jonas believes he is here to change this world. Then Magnus, Francisco, Bartage, and Killian show up, and Magnus tells Jonas to get lost. Ulrich, not subtly at all, offers to drive Charlotte to the parents' meeting and then gives Wohler a death stare, like, dare you to say something, bitch. (laughs) I'll take the other arm. (laughs) Bartage references Nostradamus predicting the apocalypse, and Magnus says, glad I got myself a girlfriend with her own bunker. That was a zinger. We don't get many zingers in this show. Yeah. (laughs) Then Magnus tells the story of a cave monster, experiments that happened nearly 100 years ago after World War I, this is new. This is not in our original timeline. And Corey, do we have to deal with a monster now on top of everything else? <laughs> no, I don't monster. think so. I think it's just the sounds of the the tunnel and they're just, you know, making up making up stories to try to explain it. Because we always compare the show to Lost, Jake. And Absolutely. the smoke monster popped out. I wouldn't be that surprised at this point. No, and, and really the comparison to Lost is ever more pronounced this season well the biggest thing about lost was that they did the whole light and dark but they made it pretty clear who was who good and bad were well delineated in that show that is not happening here (laughs) no the only weird thing they did was when they had the event on the island and sawyer went back in time and suddenly he's working in the town you know what i mean yep Lost dipped its toes into time travel, which hopefully we'll yes, to get did. into later this year. What if they had said, like on Lost? <laughs> <laughs> like on Lost. Remember Lost? <laughs> Remember Martha when we binge-watched Lost? Martha, we have to go back! <laughs> Jacob and the smoke monster? <laughs> when they're running from the crazy noises coming out of the cave, Martha falls just like Jonas did. Everybody's gone. A creepy voice says her name, and she sees a version of herself covered in black goop, just like Jonas saw Michael Mickle. Then she eventually rejoins the group. No one's missing, and they go to the bunker. Oh, so that's who that was. It was herself. Yeah. Okay. I had to look a couple of times because it was not easy to see. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it might have been like Agnes or I don't know who, but... I couldn't figure it out. Jonas cries as he sees Mikkel safe in his bed in the bunker. A portal opens up and Mads Nielsen's body drops out. So that still happened. Yes. Yeah, that's the same. So Noah's still killing people in this timeline as well. Outside the backwards Jonas house, Jonas is greeted by old Martha. I've waited for this moment for so long for you to come back. A world without you. Isn't that what you wanted? Yet despite that, this world is doomed to the same fate as yours. Everything will fall apart in this world, just as it will in yours, again and again, because of you. 
And because of me. Because Martha is the Jonas of this world. Exactly. She's got mm-hmm. the raincoat. Yeah. Okay. So they're linked. She's the Adam. Going back to the portal and Mads dropping out, can we assume that everything before Mikkel going back is the same in both worlds? Yes. They're identical before that instant. Yeah. That's the only difference in this world. Like, main difference. That's the breaking point. So, so if you go back to, like, to the convert. 50s in this world, it'll be the exact same as the other world. Well, except for whatever the time travelers are doing. The yeah, yeah, The yeah. Bizarro version of it, though, yeah. no? I don't think it will be Bizarro because this is the splitting point. So that's where it diverted. Yeah. The only things that would be different is the travelers. Gotcha. And what they affect. Okay. And we haven't seen Claudia at all in the parallel world so we don't know how powerful she is here obendorf is the mickle of this world no because obendorf was missing in our world too obendorf is the obendorf of this world yeah <laughs> yeah because he he got lost at the exact same time it doesn't look oh, like there right, is a mickle right like no one mickle was the follow-up to that's obendorf. the divergent exactly part. yeah gotcha Gotcha. But I'm sure more will be revealed. It was cool to see old Martha, though. There is a tiny moment of suspense where you're not sure who she is, but it totally makes sense to have her be the power player over here and their star-crossed romance continues. Because guess what, Jake? In this world, not his aunt. Oh, yeah. Oh, I hadn't considered that. It's totally clean. It's not incest, baby, if it's trans-dimensional. That's a good Mm. point. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I think he just got over that fact, too. He was just like, yeah, I don't really care. You're right about that. But given that they're aware of the trans-dimensional uh, nature of their relationship, aren't both true? I mean, you know how I stand on this from the Jon Snow-Daenerys conversation. Mm-hmm. Who cares, man? That's how I feel. <laughs> it's, it's, it's distant enough. Is it? True. When two kids... Have an attraction like that? You're going to deny that with time travel incest? I'm not going to recommend it, Eden, <laughs> but if it happens, you know. <laughs> Eden, we've got a, two characters who are each other's mothers. That's true. <laughs> this is tame compared to that. This is nothing. That's true. Well, no, not man, lovers, I had a but... moment in the at the end of season two when the, when the portal opens up and it's like they're staring at each other's moms. What if they had both just said, Mom? <laughs> Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I wanted that to happen so bad. But Charlotte didn't know who her mom was yet. There's a warp transition back to not Martha. September 21st, 1888, she enters a huge building where Mid-Jonas, a.k.a. Tesla Jonas, is working on a giant god particle machine. He is stunned to see her alive and cries. She says she's not Martha, not your Martha, which is important because shouldn't mid Tesla Jonas know this shit. Yeah. She says, I'm here to help you find the origin, the one thing that's the beginning of everything in your world and in mine. So that's going to be the onus of this season. Connecting the two worlds and finding the origin. And we have an idea of what that is. And all things considered, in the dark canon, this was one of the more linear, straightforward episodes we've ever had. Very comprehensive. It's funny about this season is once you get a handle on what's actually happening it is quite linear all we're doing is looking for the small differences between this world and our world it's pretty much a copy of 
season one, episode one. And it was a great integration of the parallel world. I thought it was really well done. Yeah. I yeah, no, it, it did not feel, it wasn't like going back to uh world war two world again in Westworld when you're like, <laughs> why are we doing this? <laughs> this is quite the opposite. It's entrancing this show. With a four timeline doozy back in the original world, three months after the apocalypse event of June 27th, episode two, The Survivors. We start with another Jonas Martha sex dream, cross cut with Martha applying pressure to someone bleeding out from the abdomen. We don't know who. Tesla mid Jonas is watching her sleep in the same bedroom where young Noah watched him sleep in 1921. The whole crew is there in 1888, Bartosz, Magnus, Franziska. They all can't believe she's alive. But Tesla, Jonas, has to spoil it. He says, this isn't Martha. Not Martha, says Magnus, and everyone dies in her world. So this is where everybody ended up after leaving 2020 in Season 2, Episode 8, when Mid-Jonas runs into the Nielsen house and activates the apparatus. Okay. They ended up in 1888. And Mid-Jonas is working on what will become Sigmundus's particle, and he is well on his way to becoming Adam. This is not the parallel world, but not Martha cross back over. And the sticking point is that if Mid-Jonas never traveled with not Martha to the parallel world, we actually have a split and something has actually changed. We're out of the loop, Jake. Wow. Out of it completely? Jonas in the parallel world? Yep. Is apparently new. Brand new. In that moment. First time. It's happening. Mid-Jonas does not know that it happened. That's right. That's right. He's not aware. Oh, he doesn't Good have point. memory. Good point. Yeah. For forgetting that. Yes. That, that was a great detail. He has no awareness of having met her in that place. Gone to that world. And that's why he's surprised to see her alive. Yes. When he shouldn't be. He should know. Because she saved his ass. Mid-Jonas, when he was younger, Adam pretty much came in, shot her, and that was that was the end of it. He just kind of moved on from that. Yeah, we're not sure what he did. He must have gone somewhere because he couldn't stay there during the apocalypse or he would have died. So, Well, that was the other thing. Um, so, like, that's where that crew ended up in 1888 or whatever. By accident. After leaving from 2020, I thought the apparatus could only jump. 33 years maybe when there's an apocalypse, apocalypse event apocalypse yeah boosting your signal you might jump a little further than you think <laughs> boosting your signal yeah That's they got point. the 5g dude in uh, yeah. <laughs> you could do 66 years now 120 years something like that trying to keep Wait, track but of having all this the apparatus so allows doing... you to travel to whatever time anyway though right no the apparatus can only go 33 years forward or 33 years back oh i thought that was the cave route the tunnel in the cave has three prongs three specific years yes and those are 1954 1987 and 2020 the apparatus can take you from 2020 to 2053. In the, uh, I think it was season two when Jonas first met Adam. Adam was like explaining it to Jonas. Was like first we invented the wheel, then we invented the wagon, then we invented the car type thing, and kind of comparing that to the devices. Like first we had the cave, and then we 
developed the apparatus and then we perfected the God particle. Every development builds on the previous one. I can't be me without previously having been you. Which kind of thinks or makes you think of like that new steampunk one that she has might be the next development from the God particle to where they so that one is fire. Yeah. I want that one. <laughs> well, they finally got that to where right. it allows Jonas to go to a parallel universe for the first well, time. That one comes from that world, though, right? Yeah. We don't know that that development or invention happens. Also, it can go between worlds. That's right. Yeah. But we don't know that that invention happened in our world as well. Yeah, but it could be like the beginning of Bootstrap Paradox, where it finally appears. Now we know that the worlds are interlinked, though, Jake. Yes. So we're getting to the point where at least not Martha is familiar with both. And so her technology is kind of the, the most important. It is certainly the most advanced of all of them. That's what it seems like. And it's compact, you know, it's portable. Like you, you can yeah, just drop it very. on the ground. Like the batteries are easy to carry around. Yeah, it's like a computer in like the 1950s, 1960s taking up an entire room and now fits in your pocket. <laughs> so we're going to do these timelines in chronological order because otherwise yeah, this... we'll go crazy. So let's start <laughs> in 1888. Not Martha says she knew where to find everyone because young Jonas told her, I was never in your world. Mid Jonas says, and he starts losing it, asks if she wrote the letter that young Noah delivered to him from Martha and accuses her of working with Adam, wants to see her apparatus. He's furious because the whole reason that he's doing what he's doing is because young Noah gave him a letter where apparently Martha is alive and he said that's impossible. That was in end of season two, right? Like in Jonas's old house? Yes. Young Noah okay. walks in quite calmly, gives him the letter. They go their separate ways. Gotcha. And an old blind Ebenezer Scrooge looking motherfucker with a massive nose walks in, says they're running late. But I assure you that I see more than those among us who can see. Who the fuck is this? Yeah. We were revealed to be at the Tanhouse Machinery Factory. Is the blind man even older H.G. Tanhouse or perhaps his relative? Bartage comes to see not Martha, says mid-Jonas has been different since they came to 1888. This is foreshadowing of him becoming Adam. Jonas didn't intend to travel to 1888. They're stranded there without any more CS-137. And he is building the Tesla machine from memory, from what he saw at Sigmundus when he was 33 years younger. Good luck. (laughs) Clearly it takes him 33 years. Not Martha has a lot of follow-up questions, and Bartage completely ignores them, as is one to do in this show, says he needs to show her something. The old blind man asks Jonas if Not Martha is a traveler. He believes they are going to create paradise, reverse every calamity, destroy every pain, and make a perfect world. His cane is engraved, Sic Mundus Creatus Est, and this is Adam's prophet. This is the man who will shape mid-Jonas into Adam. Tesla Jonas goes looking for not Martha, but Bartage has taken her down to the Sigmundus lair. Corey, did you see not Martha staring at a spot on the floor? I did not notice that. No, I, I saw it in your notes. So I, I wanted to go back and take a peek. But I mean, I noticed that in season two. Yeah, I noticed that when I rewatched season two. Every time that mid Jonas is in the Conwald house, he stares at the floor, Eden, where Martha yeah. dies. Right. Yeah, right. Okay. So you can't just stare at the floor in the show, man. Uh, yo, I bet Jonas her, dies there. Where she died, right? Martha died on that spot. 
where well, that's what the one the spot that Jonas looks at. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but so if Martha's staring at the floor, it must be where Jonas eyes. I mean, my big question is this not Martha or Martha from Parallel Universe, who is her Jonas? Because Jonas has Martha, right, in our world. Well, it's certainly not Killian. Fuck that dude. Right? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, it can't be Killian, so. It's got to be Jonas, right? It could be, yeah. They're the only ones that are left alone in, in those two worlds. Yeah, and old Martha, when she saw Jonas in the first episode, seemed pretty ecstatic to see him, so. Spoiler alert, season three, episode eight is a seven-minute sex scene between old Martha and Adam. (laughs) (laughs) The sex scene that we keep seeing over and over again. (laughs) just imagine those two getting it on we're a perfect match Bartosh says old townhouse is the only member left his father was convinced he could override the rules of space and time he dedicated his entire life to this and so did his son yeah i got questions on that one does this go back to our elder townhouse and the guy who's the watchmaker must be Mm -hmm. the grandson of the blind man right yes okay see i was saying it could be vice versa and that the blind man could be H.G. Townhouse's son. We know that there's multiple townhouses on the family tree. And it doesn't appear that H.G. Townhouse ever used his own machine. He doesn't appear to be a traveler. He refers to himself as a puppet. But I do like the reintegration of the townhouses. He was the one that was always convinced, like, Artosh just said, convinced that he could override the rules of space and time. And he was really the one that was thinking outside the box, I guess, before travelers even confronted him about it. So I don't know, just that quote from Bartosh made me think like that maybe if old Tanhouse is the blind man, obviously, and his father was convinced he could override the rules of space and time. That could be HG. That could be HG, yeah. But, I don't know, just a theory. Tanhouse, H.G. Tanhouse, was one of my sneaky favorite characters from the first two seasons. He gets off some absolute banger monologues, including oh, yeah. the bootstrap principle as explained by him. But he's not a traveler, at least from what we're led to believe. Doesn't mean never been son, indicated. Doesn't mean his son couldn't be. Doesn't though. mean... Shit, we don't even know if he fucks. He had a son? (laughs) That's true. We don't know that he has a son. He just raised Charlotte, which we don't see any of at all either. Yeah, he just raised Charlotte, who's Charlotte's dad. Because she says H.G. Tannhaus is her grandfather, right? Like adopted grandfather. But not actual grandfather. Right. They're not actually related. They could be. He just never told her. I don't know. You never rule anything out. We will stay tuned <laughs> to the Tan House legacy. We will see what's up with those dudes. But this new Ebenezer Scrooge-looking motherfucker is frustratingly prescient. Tesla Jonas is trying to rebuild the sick Mundus particle from memory. Bartage asks not Martha who Adam is, and she knows, and she tells him. Then we warp transition to old not Martha with young Jonas. Holly Hunter. This is the scene from the very end of the episode. We don't know our end, but our end knows us. Salvation or damnation, we can indulge in the illusion of free will, but we cannot escape our ultimate destiny. She's in her own incredibly sick, futuristic lair, complete with an Adam and Eve painting, Der Fall, The Fall of Man by Lucas Cranach, and an absolutely crazy family tree of both worlds emerging from an infinity symbol. So you know I screenshotted that. Mm. And spent about seven minutes looking at this shit. (laughs) 
Here are my notes. So there is not a lot different. The only real difference is Jonas being on one side and not on the other. And Hannah's last name being Conwald on the left and Nielsen on the right. It all meets at an infinity symbol. The infinity symbol is Agnes Nielsen's lover or Tronta Nielsen's father. And he must be the key to all of this. He must be the thing that we're trying to undo. Noah, who is Hanno Tauber, that's his real name, because Adam renamed him Noah, just like Adam renamed himself Adam. And Agnes's parents are Bartosh and Silja Tiedemann. You guys know who Silja Tiedemann is? No. No. Remind me. Is it is it Egon's wife? Silja Tiedemann is the girl with the scar from 2053 who works with Elizabeth in the future oh. and helps Jonas get to the God particle. Helped okay. him escape the cage. Wait, so that, whose child oh. is that? Who's the original Tiedemann? Egon. Yeah. Oh, yes. Claudia's father. So Silja's parents, according to this family tree, are Egon and Hannah. Hannah Conwald. Oh, shit, because she goes back to 1953 goes, and stays there. The yeah. Yo, crazy ass bitch. She's going to link up with Aegon and have his love child. Because she does Whoa. say that she's like not going back. And then that love child ends up in the future and then somehow ends up with Bartosh, who gets old in the past. And then they have Noah and Agnes. Whispers what the fuck under my breath. <laughs> That's the biggest mind fuck yet. That's a lot of work to do. That's a lot of work to reveal in a family tree, but it blew my mind. So that's the part where I looked at and I was like, oh shit. Tranta is also confirmed as Regina's father. That was kind of hinted at in this episode. We'll get to that in a second. And this is when we find out that Helga Doppler's father is named Anatol Veliev, and he seems to be unimportant. And Helga's baby mama is Ula Schmidt, who also seems to be unimportant, but they're on the family tree. H.G. Townhouse is a descended from Heinrich, Gustav, and Leopold Townhouse. So theoretically, H.G. could be Heinrich or Gustav, mm. TBD. <laughs> and Alexander Tiedemann, according to this family tree, has no origin still. But the big reveal is Noah and Agnes's parentage, and then also that Agnes's lover is the key to the whole fucking thing, which is kind of what it felt like. <sighs> it's a lot. The choices we make in this world may be different, but nevertheless, they converge on the same moment. Things may not happen in the same way or at the same time, but they happen. And then she says the apocalypse happens in this world, but in just three days instead of seven months. September 22nd, 1987. In the original world, you spin me round callback on the clock radio like Groundhog Day, Jake. Yep. Mid-Katarina is in Innes' house sleeping in Mickle's bed in 1987. He's been missing for three months. They're about to disconnect her phone for delinquency. Mads Nielsen's funeral at the Nielsen house. We've got a drunk grieving middle-aged Yana Nielsen publicly ousting Mid-Tronti's affair with Claudia, who is also missing. Oh, right. He's having an affair with Claudia Tiedem. We've never met them before, right? This is the first time we're meeting them as characters. Middle-aged Yana and Tronta? Yeah. No. They were in season one. Yeah, oh, they were? The and the affair is like pretty obvious in season one too yeah the affair is referenced like no i remember the affair being referenced and i remember them as old 
people. Not yeah, as we don't meet this, them in this timeline yet. This timeline. Yeah. Yeah. Old Tranta is with Peter moving Mads' body. Mm, All right. right. Young Tranta, as a child, shows Claudia his dick in the woods. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. what's up with that? Which started it all, baby. <laughs> and then mid-Tranta is lurking around the power plant, coming to see Claudia, and she's like, what are you doing here? We're in public. And it's fairly well known that he was always having an affair. Mid-Tranta was also missing... He was out with Claudia the night that Mads disappeared, which is what Yana is drunkenly yelling about at the funeral, at the wake. Right. So mid-Katarina is handing out flyers at the school and sees young Ulrich. We finally learn that Katarina's last name is Albers, which means her dad is the farmer whose 33 sheep died in season one. And also he was at the wake. Old Ulrich might have escaped and run away with Mikkel Michael. Mid-Katarina tries to intimidate young Hannah and tells her to back off. These two, you know, irascible. <laughs> Seriously. Mid-Tront is at the power plant looking for Mid-Claudia. Her secretary shares that she was acting strange because of the old woman and the dog. Mid-Katarina harasses police chief Martin Doring, who says she has no identity, but then reveals that Enos and Michael are basically in witness protection. They're off the grid right now. Mid-Tront sees young Regina with Gretchen at a bus stop, offers her a ride. He recognizes Gretchen from when he was a kid and asks young Regina awkward questions. He's probably her dad. We find out later that he is her dad, so this is super awkward. Mid-Katarina goes to the psych ward to find old Ulrich. Her mother, Helene Albers, is the nurse on duty, and she's wearing a St. Christopher medal, the patron saint of travelers, a recurring theme. Old Ulrich and Katarina are reunited. After a long, long ass time, especially for Ulrich. <laughs> oh boy. And she promises to get him out. What an emotional moment, Eden. Yeah. That's- yeah, I was gonna say for Katarina, it was only like six months or something, right? But like Ulrich, <laughs> for like, Ulrich it man, was like he's been through 50. some shit at that point. And like that's after interaction with Hannah coming back to like just like fuck with his head, basically. I mean, I almost feel bad for Ulrich in that moment, but then I remember what a scumbag he is. <laughs> <laughs> That's harsh punishment, though. <laughs> the funniest thing to me is, honestly, who cares? Yeah. These two are small potatoes. Yeah, because yeah, it's like, sure. what? It doesn't matter. And they don't, yeah, they don't matter. Cool. You get him out. And then what? You're going to take him back to 2020? All your kids are gone. Yeah. <laughs> They're all time travelers now. It's over. Well, there's nothing. There's no 2020 to go back to, right? That's true. Yeah. 2020 is a post-apocalyptic wasteland now. Yeah. Might as well set up shop Stay in 1987 there. somewhere. Yeah. Good luck getting a job <laughs> without papers. <laughs> and your husband's like mad old. <laughs> Mid-Claudia's secretary, Yasmin, witnesses creepy cleft palate man rummaging through Claudia's office. I guess I assumed that he was from the parallel world, but honestly, who knows at this point? He's a time-traveling fixer, though. He's like Ray Donovan, going around, closing down loose ends. (laughs) Totally. Hell is empty, and all devils are here, and he kills the secretary. How about that? There's the flash to Westworld, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Mid-Tranta returns home to Mid-Yana. She gives him a choice for us or against us. Claudia never said who Regina's father was, but it's it's you, Tranta. Sorry. Young Katarina is doing her homework while listening to music, and apparently Helene is a bitch and smacks her in the head. I don't know what we're doing here. Well, 
I think we're establishing some level of child abuse going on in the house there. Oh, trauma, Jake? More trauma, dude. <laughs> Everybody's got it. September 22nd, 2020, the epicenter of global catastrophe is still thought to be the small town of Winden. We hear that on the radio. Mid-Claudia enters the abandoned police station where she's keeping Regina, who's not doing too well. Young Elizabeth emerges from Benny's trailer with Peter being stalked presumably by young Noah due to his theme music, which I just love. I love the music in the show so much. Yeah, the music's great in the show. All the sound is great in this show. How are you going to convince me that Noah is the light when you give him theme music like that? That's, that's <laughs> bad person music. <laughs> There's a military camp set up at the power plant that will be evacuated and sealed off in five days. Mid-Claudia is working on the beginning of her string wall in the bunker and recording tapes. Smash cut to Peter looking at all the photos of the dead, including Benny, Jürgen Orbendorf, Alexander Tiedemann, Clausen, Torben Waller. Peter and Elizabeth are looking for Charlotte and Franziska to no avail, but recognize it as good news. Claudia stares at a vial of CS-137 in the bunker and records one of her tapes. This is the same exact tape, Jake, that young Jonas listened to in season two when he is stranded there. That's right. Trying to figure out how to power the God particle. How to stabilize it. Also, echoes of lost here with the radio station signal. The bunker is a big lost echo because it's just a hatch, Jake. Yeah, very much so. Peter and Elizabeth go to Jonas's house. Elizabeth looks at a photo of young Ulrich Hanna and a folded Katarina. Young Noah enters. He's been working on his sign language, Eden, so he can spit game at his future baby mama. She uses a pad and pencil, and Noah says, I'm in the cave. Come see me. Creepy as fuck. How much older is he than her? <laughs> oh, I thought I thought he was saying that's where her mom and sister are. He's right, because they are in the future. <laughs> well, not Francisca, but Charlotte, that's where she's at. But I thought he was saying... You know where to find me. Basically, she's asking him where he stays, right? Oh, okay. Peter enters, one of the more ineffective characters in the show, and he goes all over protective dad. That's not going to work. Young Noah says he'll take care of Elizabeth after Peter is killed. Boom! How about that? I know you're going to die, bitch. <laughs> Old Tranta comes to see mid-Regina in the police station and smothers her! I'm so sorry, but it has to happen. She said, it's the only way to save you. Mid-Claudia is stunned to discover Regina dead. I would think the pillow kill is the hardest kill to pull off. And yet, it always works in the movie. Harder than the wire with the wood handles kill? Oh, no, that's a good kill. I mean, he's always... No, he's, he's, saying, he's, he's saying that it would take all, a long-ass time and that people can still kind of breathe through a pillow. Yeah. I mean, she's barely there, man. That guy's killing the weakest people. Old man <laughs> in a wheelchair, secretary. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know? He's working his way up. But the pillow kill, old man, I know she's she's dying of cancer, but he just a little move to the left. Yeah, just move. <laughs> I agree why doesn't anybody ever try to lift the pillow? Why do they always go for the, the shoulders? <laughs> what, why do they do that move? Gotta have pillow self-defense classes for these actors, man. Pillow's overutilized. That just makes me think of the Monty Python, how to defend yourself against an attacker with a banana, Jake. The only time it was credible <laughs> was, was in Cuckoo's Nest because it was Chief, you know? Chief was a huge, powerful man, 
and McMurphy was compromised by the lobotomy. That made sense. Old Ulrich always gives me cuckoo's nest vibes. Yeah. They, well, oh, that in all an asylum. Those scenes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> when when Ulrich loses it on Tiedemann, when Tiedemann brings him the photo of Nico. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right? And and the guy next to him starts screaming, screaming crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Super cuckoo's total nest cuckoo's nest. Yeah. Wait, so do we think that old Claudia is the she that Tronte is talking about? That would make the most sense because they have a relationship and she's assigned him tasks before. She was giving him and Peter Doppler instructions in season one to do right. stuff for her. So that would okay. make sense. Because I'm just saying mid Claudia is, you know, like she's surprised. It's classic old version of a person turning on the middle-aged version of the person being like you yeah, don't get yeah. it yet dude <laughs> classic <laughs> come see me in 33 years then maybe you'll understand what's going on with me all right <laughs> young elizabeth asked peter what young noah said and she pulls out the triketra notebook and asks why he's always carrying it so peter's just been running the playbook from the notebook this entire time peter's really a sap i really don't like peter and then young Noah is working on the tunnel, it seems like, in 2020. So do we think it collapsed and it needs to be rebuilt? Is that what he's doing? Oh, It doesn't look like a collapse, though. It looks I like he's he carving through original rock. And yes, that's the thing. It looks like he's creating a tunnel. Is he like doing another, is that he forking off another, another path? I think that's what I'm thinking. That would make sense because the original tunnel only connected three timelines. So if he's trying to go forward or back, you know, if he's trying to do more sophisticated shit, yeah, he might. And he's the original tunnel man. He, he finished the original, so he would know what he's doing. He knows what to do. Yeah. <laughs> and the first one only went back to the 50s, right? His, his original time is the 20s. So, And if it were a collapse, he could be pulling out rock, not cutting it. Yeah, you're right. He's up to something. But it's funny that you mention it because I think Eden, like my original thought was it was the origin of the tunnel, but that doesn't make sense at all because it's because the timeline we're in. And it seems like in this post-apocalypse 2020, the only person with a time machine is Claudia. Which Claudia? Young Noah doesn't have one. Mid-Claudia. On her way to becoming old Claudia. Okay, okay. Because she's recording the tapes and she's got the CS-137 and she kind of knows what's up. But young Noah, he's just here because he's here. He's working on the tunnel. He's going to marry a child. Well, how old is Elizabeth? Like 12? Yeah, man. I don't know how old like children are because like, I thought she was like eight or something at first. Possible that young <laughs> Noah is supposed to be like 18 or something and it's not as creepy as it seems yeah so it's like 12 and 18 isn't that bad like yeah i think young noah's in his late teens i don't think he's like mid 20 yeah i was like if he's like 17 or 18 and she's yeah that's only a five-year difference he's gotta be high school jonas age right yeah she does look kind of young yeah oh yeah she looks like a middle schooler yeah she looks like she's in middle school although it's tough with this season she really did in seasons one and two she looks quite a bit older. She does look season. a little bit older already. Yeah, I would bigger. say like the Walt effect, ten to twelve. Yeah, she she definitely grew. The final timeline is September twenty second, twenty fifty three, which is where we find out that Charlotte ended up with her daughter, mother, Mid Elizabeth, in the caves, looking at her family Polaroid. They've got a ragtag group of survivors, and her mother daughter says everything will be okay. Somehow, I don't think that's true. 
some weird reassurance. But okay, that's where Charlotte's at. So when she and Elizabeth touched in the season finale of season two, she went to the future and Mid Elizabeth stayed put. So the same thing happened at the end of season one, right? With young Helga. With and... Helga and Jonas, and they both traveled forward in time. Oh, I thought they switched. I thought they switched spots. No, young Helga goes from the 50s to the 80s, and Jonas goes from the 80s to 2053. And then this time, just Charlotte traveled. The bulk of the what-the-fuck shit is in 1888. And the Katharina down. Old Ulrich, okay, sure. Tronta, mid-Tronta, yeah, he's Regina's dad, okay. That's not big news. Yeah, no, the biggest news is... Uh, the family tree. Well, yeah. the family tree and young Jonas switching... Jumping worlds. Yeah, just going off, off the tracks a little bit. That's by far the most important thing because it's possible that this isn't a fully deterministic show after all. He is the lily of this world. He's capable of making a choice. He's capable of making change. And his mission in this parallel world is going to be very important. Absolutely. This world that they're always talking about is either paradise or the doom of everything. Is it just that it's both? (laughs) Like everything else in this show? I have no clue, man. I I don't know what we're working towards. (laughs) I I have a pretty good grasp of what's going on, but... yes. The inevitability of everything and the way that all the characters from all the timelines kind of just repeat the same things in different words over and over again. Yeah. What would be a satisfying ending? What do we want? Is it just Martha and Jonas having sex? (laughs) (laughs) Is that the end goal? Is it them being together? Martha and Adam having sex. Old Martha and Adam. Is it the world imploding on itself and starting anew? A la the island? Mm. And Lost, or even Battlestar Galactica, where they end up finding their world, but it's in the past. You know, Battlestar and Lost have so much in common. And Battlestar and this show have a bit in common. I mean, obviously, Battlestar had a lot more in common with Westworld, but all these shows overlap in their way. But this is really good. I mean, I've, I've already done three getting ready to do four. I was kind of going to do the rewatch as I told you, but then I decided to rewatch episodes in season two, just to get my head back in the whole groove of everything. Cause there's so many things to remember. And there's so many things that cycle back on the things we're watching now. And there's so many loops created, right? Uh, yeah. Phrases repeated, lots of repetition of language. We see that a lot with Adam and Helga. And these ideas, the repetition of ideas and themes. I don't know that I can think of a show other than Lost where you're like, where are we going? (laughs) How are they going to piece this all together? But unlike Lost, they're doing this one a lot quicker. I'll tell you what, one of the biggest touchstones to Lost is this family tree popping up. And me immediately pausing and staring at it because that is the black light map in the hatch. Yes. That was the same feeling and reaction that I had a decade ago when this blacklight map pops up and John Locke is staring at it. And that was the background of my computer for many years. <laughs> looking at right. it and trying to figure well out what done. everything meant. That was it. What did it get changed to? Well, it's been the matrix code for a long time. So a little bit of deja vu. Back to the Matrix. That two season two, maybe? season two, yeah, season two. 
see, the difference here is I think when you're seeing the family tree, they actually know where they're going. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they actually do give away real stuff in the family yes. tree and also clarify some theories that you might have had. If they would have given us a family tree at the end of season two, it would have been like a year, a year and a half of speculation yeah. there. It's been a lot of fun. This has been as predictably long as I kind of thought it was going to be. We're going to do the next two, three, and four for our next podcast. Everything will happen as it always has. I'm Anthony Mays for Jake Hoy, Eden Liu, and Corey Hammond. And we will see you next time. It's been Noah! Yeah. I get to know your name.